This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, October 15, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. Business is regularly portrayed in public discourse as morally deficient and prone to despoil the environment, undermine democracy, and stunt development. And Bernstein's new book, The Case for Business in Developing Economies, takes on those beliefs. She calls on business leaders to stand up for themselves and defend the role of business as an instrument of progress. She spoke at the Cato Institute September 28th. Now you can divide normal company activities and their impact into what I've called direct and indirect impacts. These are not very satisfactory terms. And one of the, I think, conclusions I've come to is we don't really have a good language to even describe the positive impact of companies and the associated issues. What are direct impacts? I think you could say that modern business is the most powerful engine ever invented of innovation, of large-scale organization, and transmission of know-how across frontiers. That's, of course, in addition to those minor things like creating wealth, jobs, paying taxes, things we all depend on. Now, the Limited Liability Corporation has been called by some authors the greatest single discovery of modern times. The mechanism through which companies increase the pool of capital available for productive investment. It allows investors to spread their risk by purchasing small and easily marketable shares in several enterprises. And it provides a way of imposing effective management structures on large organizations. It also has the capacity to fail with relatively low social costs. And it's through this mechanism that today's corporations can finance and manage large-scale operations. Companies are uniquely effective in making human effort productive. Specialized resources in the form of labor, raw and finished materials, capital and knowledge come together in a remarkable process that transforms these components into goods and services of greater value. In so doing, they make a revolutionary contribution to the world in which we all live. Now, former CEO of Unilever put it this way, the very business of doing business has a huge impact on society. Three quarters of our sales revenue goes straight out again to pay for goods and services for suppliers. Of the wealth we create each year by adding value to those goods and services, around 70% of it is channeled back into society through employee wages, shareholder dividends, government taxes, community investments. We generate employment. For every job we create in Unilever, we indirectly create several more in our supply chains and distribution channels. There are other contributions as well. Private enterprise is an and participating in private enterprise is an important source of less tangible but vital factors, such as openness to ideas, innovation, opportunity, empowerment. You could also argue that when dynamic enterprises are allowed to flourish, they tap into people's initiative, their ingenuity and self-reliance. And when people can participate in an economy by creating or joining an enterprise, they gain voice. 
So modern business then has direct impacts on countries and communities, but it also has indirect impacts, predominantly positive on the societies in which it operates. Now this is what I'm calling invisible corporate citizenship. This is not discussed in company boardrooms. It's not what they intend to do. But if you look at the impact that they have, you can describe a number of profoundly important phenomena. Let me give you some examples. Um, a, a recent book written about China and India came up with this uh, statement, which I thought was very instructive. It wasn't just the jobs the Chinese were after. It was modernization itself. When foreign companies sought to open factories in China, the government insisted that they use and teach Chinese workers how to use their latest techni techniques. Flooding a technologically backward country with know-how and spurring a very quick industrial revolution. <clears throat> My favorite example comes from India. Nandan Nilakani is the CEO of Infosys, one of the global champions in IT coming out of Bangalore. And he was asked a few years ago, Mr. Nilakani, what do you think your greatest contribution is? He said, well, we've started this massive business with billions and billions of dollars. But I think our greatest contribution is that we've redefined the possible for India. There are many other examples, uh, more complicated. Uh, the professor at the Hong Kong Business School studied the impact of listing on the Shanghai Stock Exchange and the many demands that companies made for the institutions and operations they needed from that society in order to list. So their intention was not to improve Chinese society, but to list on the Shanghai Stock Exchange. But in the process of doing that, they had various requirements. They needed auditors of good repute. They needed to know what the rules were of the game. They needed to know how information about their companies would be communicated to potential investors, which required some kind of free press or um, moderately free press to report on their companies. A whole lot of institutions that helped to, if you like, thicken civil society. Now, I can go on and on with examples that I found. This is an area that's not very well um, researched. But I would argue that in many respects, business not because they set out to do this, but business in developing countries help to empower women. If you go into the whole debate about the so-called sweatshops in Asia, what you find is that it's predominantly or disproportionately women who work in these often horrible conditions, in horrible jobs, um, they often ask to work longer hours and overtime. They know that the, the number of years they can do these jobs is limited. And they tend to then save money and either go back to their rural areas where they now are independent, no longer under the thumb of their husband or father. They start a small business, sometimes servicing workers in the factory they've left, 
or a small business in the rural area. But the whole opportunity of getting a formal job, which to us looks awful, is in fact the best alternative open to them. And anyone who read the article on South Africa <clears throat> in yesterday's paper, where we are seeing this played out rather tragically at the moment, you will have noticed a quote from a woman in a factory that is not conforming with the minimum wage, and the government wants to close it down. What did she say? She said, I used, I used to be a domestic servant, but then the family moved away, and I went to work at a garment factory, where she said, according to the journalist, I was treated with respect. The hours were shorter, the pay was better than being a domestic servant, I managed to start a small business selling shoes to other workers in the factory, and I saved enough money to build myself a house. Ann Bernstein is author of the new book, The Case for Business in Developing Economies. She spoke at the Cato Institute September 28th. You can watch the full forum at cato.org.